0: Listening to Sibling Talk, Commentary from a Progressive Point of View. Now, here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette.
1: And I'm Mary Jo Tumer.
0: Mary, I think you spent a lot of time today uh, watching uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg being brought to the Capitol and uh, uh, the observance that went on there. What what were you thinking?
1: Well, it was pretty emotional, actually, because think about that. She's the first woman to lie in state. So that's a little different than Rosa Parks, who was honored in that way, but it wasn't lying in state because she wasn't a public servant. And did I understand right that she's the first
0: Jewish person, you're exactly right. So th- thats I mean, isn't. So, aren't both of these incredible? It's the year 2020.
1: I thought the same thing. That was stunning to me, and that was just. I guess I thought about that, but the um, that generation, which we uh, Justice Ginsburg's generation, who are dying, um, John Lewis you know, another great American who died this year. They are starting to die, and they were so unusual in their time. Most everyone honored in that way has been a white male. So it was, I thought, a great moment, an emotional moment. I thought, um, one thing, I thought Nancy Pelosi did a good job. She did not give a speech, which I thought she might. So she honored the moment, and then there was that opera singer what's her name? You probably are familiar with her, I was not
0: yeah, I am, and I'm sorry <laughs> it escapes me, but she's wonderful
1: and then you know, the rabbi um, who spoke at the Supreme Court, who did a beautiful job as well. so one of the things I know I texted to you, and I specifically marked on and was remarked on, was that uh, Justice Ginsburg tried to live her life. Um, Now, you knew the Hebrew word and um, what it meant, so I'll give that to you in terms about not tearing at the universe or trying to repair the universe. What was
0: that? Yeah, repair the universe. And by the way, I first have to say to any of our listeners who are good at Hebrew, I'm sorry. I know my pronunciation is terrible, but go ahead, write me a crappy email and point it out if it makes you feel better. But having said that, I do know something about it. The The phrase is Tikkun, t-i-k-k-u-n Olam. T-I-K-K-U-N Olam And it's usually uh, translated uh, Repair the World. It actually has a very long history. It goes back almost to the time of Jesus in Judaism, not, not in Christianity. And it, it probably has its roots in a prayer that's very important prayer. It's called the Alenu prayer. And uh, Alenu roughly means we should or we ought to. And it's uh, it, it said at the end of other prayers and it's a set of things that we ought to do in the face of God. We should adore the one God and so forth. And one of them that goes way back to the period of Mishnah, so this is very early prayer, is we ought to repair the world. Now, actually, probably in the early centuries of this, it appears that they meant a slightly different thing. It seems to have been uh, a condemnation of idolatry, that if we no longer worshiped other gods and only worshipped the one God, then we would bring about a good world, a perfect world. But that has changed over the years. Uh, it became a very important concept in what's called Kabbalah, uh, the mystical uh, part of Judaism. And there's a whole story there that I'll I'll hold myself back from saying. But as we came into modern Judaism, Especially from about 1950 onward, the concept of tikkun olam, in the sense of social justice, repair the world, compassion, uh, became more and more important. And certainly among Reform Jews, that's that's mostly what it means today. But in a theological sense as well, the performing of mitzvah. Uh, the, the doing of good things is what we do to try and repair the world. Now, that's kind of a long theological history, but it's a really compelling term that it says what we ought to do, Alenu, what we should do is to be as Ruth Bader Ginsburg was, someone who tries to take a torn, broken world, and repair it. And I love the use of the word repair. There's some other translations, but that feels so physical to me, like we have to go to work and do this. And and when you look at her career, both as a lawyer and as a Supreme Court justice, that was really what she was about, was let's pick up our, our hammer, let's pick up, in our dad's case, our duct tape, and uh, <laughs> let's, let's repair the world.
1: I I just love that too. It's um, it's like it's a call to arms in a way that I think very many people who go into public service not to enrich themselves or not for their own egos, but because they believe in the greater good. It's something they can relate to. And I was watching today, um, hearing the commentators say that uh, neither Mitch McConnell nor uh, Kevin McCarthy were attending, although they were invited to come. And thinking also about Donald Trump and how much of their efforts are put in rather than repairing the world or the universe tearing it apart. And I that I thought that juxtaposition was so poignant and so sad really because why wouldn't we take this moment when we are bearing this great and important woman and say maybe we should as every <laughs> as every democrat keeps saying appeal to our better angels to use um, Lincoln's phrase and the fact that she will be buried at the same moment that Donald Trump is trying to tear us apart as a nation was sad it's, I mean that's a simple word to use but one well, of it's, it. <laughs> it's,
0: it's sad and it's what we're confronted with uh, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy not only knew about, they were a part of putting this ceremony together today. In order to have someone lay in state, the four leaders have to agree to it. You can't just do it. You know, they've got to agree to it. So they knew about it. I heard somebody say, well, uh, McConnell was back in Kentucky campaign. Oh, my gosh, that's even worse. Seriously? You couldn't take off like hour or so later. Uh, give me a break. You had a chance in a really easy situation with a woman who is revered by a wide variety of people, a woman who was a close friend and was revered by a man on the Supreme Court who was her ideological opposite, Antonin Scalia. You had this chance, Mitch. Kevin, to reach across the aisles and repair one little tear. But you wouldn't do it. Do you think that's... We have a, the... I'm sorry, go ahead, please.
1: Why you say, do you think that's in part because even they could not cope with the hypocrisy of what they're about to do? McCarthy aside, he's in the House of Representatives, but Mitch McConnell knows very well what he has done and what he is ready to do. So it's kind of like, I mean, I hate to go all you know, New Testament on you, but it's a little bit like um, you know, Judas knowing having dinner with Jesus and then knowing what he's about to do. And you know, maybe McConnell, that was just for him one step too far. Because maybe, maybe. maybe the cause can you imagine the optics of that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's terrible. If we see Mitch McConnell dipping his hand in the water bowl, then we'll we'll know that is a really obscure New Testament reference right. to Jesus. <laughs> to, to but I I'll tell you, I know I live sometimes in a fantasy world. Here's something I'd suggest that would repair the world. If Mitch McConnell, don't even count on Donald Trump, you know, leave him out. If Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer got together and said, we have cut a deal. We're going to let the Republicans go forward and take credit for a Supreme Court justice. But we have agreed that the selection will be a respected, moderate, centrist jurist who we actually, between the two of us and our other people in our party, we can both agree to. We can both say we would be proud to put this person on on the court. And we do this and we turn to the people of the United States and we say, could we be an example to this country that we could do it? We could get along. And does that mean that Obamacare gets held up or struck down? Does it mean Roe v. Wade gets held up or struck down? We don't know. We're going to leave it in the hands of some really, really capable jurists that we'd all be proud of. And that's what we're going to do. That's my dream for the day.
1: Well, that's a nice dream. But I, I guarantee you that will not happen because all that Mitch McConnell can see right now is his legacy. And his legacy is that conservative court that strikes down Obamacare, strikes down roe v wade gets rid of gay i don't even know if he has personal opinions about that stuff i don't think he has a personal opinion about anything but that's what he believes he's given the nation and you know what he's right but the ultimate consequence of that as we've talked about before for the um energizing of the left may be his greatest legacy
0: i You know, I know I've quoted this before. This goes all the way back to Aristotle. I'm being really old and philosophical and religious today. But Aristotle poses the three questions. Who is the good person? What is the good life? What is the good society? I wish we could sit these senators, congressmen down and say, guys, We're going to take five nights this week on primetime TV. Three nights. We only have three questions. And we want to ask those questions. What do you believe is the good person, the good life, the good society? And don't tell us about the terrible things that Hillary did and how she wouldn't concede the election. Don't tell us anything more about emails. Don't tell us about anything. Someday... Give us a vision of what it means to be a virtuous person in society in the United States, which is what Ruth Bader Ginsburg was. Did she have her beliefs and her convictions? Yes, she did. But everybody said this was a woman of virtue.
1: Right. And, and someone we should all emulate. And unfortunately, there aren't that many folks like that in public life.
0: No, there aren't.
1: Badly there are not. But she's a great woman and she will be missed. Um, Ma'am, what else can you say? I was a little teary today watching it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was too, uh, frankly, and uh, it was beautiful. Uh, it was a beautiful ceremony. I don't know why I am so moved watching Uh, the military men and women marching the casket in and out. Maybe it's simply the solemnity and uh, the respect that it all shows in a time Our our
1: traditions and our... That's the stuff that you hate the thought of losing. You know, that's all part of who we are. The way they come in and go around the casket and move out and you know, it makes you proud to be an American and you can shut all that other stuff on for just a little bit which
0: Absolutely.
1: just as we finish up next week is debate week
0: debate week i am so excited I'm... in between now and then i'm going to work on my hebrew pronunciation
1: yes, which... and just to let you know this is a real thing i got my first email today this is from the, the cleveland museum of art so the for those who don't know the debate is in cleveland it's at, actually at the Cleveland Clinic, but it's all part of what we call University Circle. The museum is a part of that. So it, just to notice the museum will be closed next week as they start to close these streets off. Wow. They're ready for bringing all, you know, the president in and Joe Biden. So I thought, wow, this is a real thing and I'm super excited.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. As we love to say around debates, There you go again.
1: Exactly so. We got lots to talk about next week.
0: All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.